How's it going, everybody? My name is Christian Wagner, and I'm the Militant Thomist. So tonight we will be going over um, Prima Par's question 26 on the Divine Beatitude. And the reason I want to go over this is because I think that um, St. Thomas's teaching on the Divine Beatitude is one of the best um, questions in the Summa. I think it's just one of the best questions in the Summa. It's my favorite one. I love going back to it because um, in a very rare case, not that not that St. Thomas wasn't a mystic, but this is a very rare case where you see Thomas, the um, theologian of the heart. You see Thomas, the practical theologian, the one who brings forth fruit for contemplation that is uh, that turns into praxis. And that's why I just love this question in the Summa. It's just beautiful. It's amazing. And it just sets your intellect and your affections aflame. And I just, I just love it so much. So that's what I'll be going over with you guys. And I'm going to go over the whole question because uh, I'll be going over the respondeos, not the objecciones. But I'll be going over the respondeos because it's just glorious. And I just wanted to share it with you all. And I feel like contemplating the divine beatitude right now because um, it's really easy to get stuck um, as somebody who is a student of theology in a slag where um, where you're able to perceive the form of words, but it doesn't necessarily make that impact, which leads to uh, the contemplation of God. And that's something that I am always trying to reform myself with is to always point myself back to contemplating the, the beauty of the divine attributes, the divine works. So let's get right into it. So div divine beatitude question 26. Article one says whether beatitude belongs to God. So this is going to give us a little bit of an outline of what exactly we mean by beatitude. Because that's not a common term that you hear people talk about. You don't really hear them talk about beatitude, but it's going to be connected with being blessed. If, if that's a helpful um, definition for you. So I answer that beatitude belongs to God in a very special manner for nothing else is understood to be meant by the term beatitude than the perfect good of an intellectual nature. So the perfect good of an intellectual nature. So it's important to understand that the beatitude of God is intellectual. So it has to do with the perception and contemplation of his own nature um, in in, in the divine vision of uh, perceiving himself, which is his knowledge. So that may be very complicated, but if you read the, um, the question on divine knowledge, that'll help you understand that language that I'm using right there. So the, so nothing else is understood by the term beatitude than the perfect good of intellectual nature, which is capable of knowing that it has a sufficiency of the good, which it possesses. So with God's beatitude, he knows the fullness of himself. So God knowing himself is his, is his perfect goodness. That is his goodness, is knowing his goodness. 
to which it is competent that good or ill may befall, and which can control its own actions. So, um, so God's blessedness also has to do with his omnipotence too. So the fact that God is all powerful and the fact that no ill can, um, can befall him and the fact that he can bring good out of everything, the fact that he is not going to be degraded by any evil. So the knowledge of his own essence is his beatitude. All of these things belong in a most excellent manner to God, namely to be perfect and to possess intelligence. Whence beatitude belongs to God in the highest degree. So article two, whether God is called blessed in respect of his intellect. I answer that beatitude as stated above is the perfect good of an intellectual nature. Thus, it is that as everything desires the perfection of its nature, intellectual nature desires naturally to be happy. And again, I've I brought this up before, but it is important to remember that all creatures desire their own perfection. And then if you're an intellectual creature, which if you're watching this, you are an intellectual creature, you are a rational animal, you desiring your own perfection, that is you desiring happiness is to be happy as as paradoxically as it sounds in um in in our age where there's many proximate and false happinesses to where we like to push against um push against people seeking and desiring their own happiness but really beatitude is seeking true happiness which as we're going to see is found super superlatively in god so really seeking our own perfect intellectual perfection is found in the knowledge of God. So to be happy is to know God. Now that which is most perfect in any intellectual nature is the intellectual operation by which in some sense it grasps everything. Whence the beatitude of every individual nature consists in understanding. Now in God to be and to understand are one and the same thing, differing only in the manner of understanding them. So in, in Thomas's view of divine simplicity, his um, operations and his essence are one and simple. So for God to be is the same for him to know. So God's beatitude is intrinsically and uh, intimately connected with what with his existence. Beatitude must therefore be assigned to God in respect of his intellect as also to be blessed, who are called blessed by reason of the assimilation to his beatitude. So for us to be blessed, again, is to assimilate to his beatitude. And his beatitude is the knowledge of himself. So us in our contemplation of those lesser goods to where we know the one true good, those lesser beauties to where we would know the one true beauty, the lesser truths to know to where we know the one truth, those lesser loves to where we know the the super substantial love. That is what it means to be blessed in our complete and utter beatitude is to pattern after God. And th this is going to lead to our, our highest faculty of our intellect, which is our vision. And that being fully complete, tending to its end, which is the beatific vision. So that's very important. This is very important understanding why we need the beatific vision as our eschatological perfection. Okay, so Papa Guru 4 is asking, what site are you using? So if you type in Aquinas.cc, you're going to be able to get, um, as you can see, if you look on the side, you get 
all of Thomas's works, some of which aren't translated and they're only in Latin, but um, Aquinas.cc is the best. And then if you can't, if you can't see this, uh, just let me know and I can zoom in it a little more. Okay. So whether God is the beatitude of each of the blessed. So I answer that the beatitude of an intellectual nature consists in an act of the intellect, which is kind of obvious. So the beatitude of an intellectual nature consists in the act of the intellect. So the reason, the reason behind this is because our highest faculty is our intellect. And I can see the Byzantine Scotus right now in the in the uh, the live chat objecting to the Thomas's psychology, but we can uh, we can discuss that another time if if you have the time, because I think uh, that would be a very interesting discussion to have because a lot of a lot of this does um, come down to the primacy of the intellect and the thought of Saint Thomas. So our beatitude is found in an act of the intellect. In this, we may consider two things: the object of the act, which is the thing understood the act itself, which is to understand. If then beatitude be considered on the side of the object, God is the only beatitude for every one of the blessed from this sole fact that he understands God is in accordance with the saying of Augustine, blessed is he who knoweth thee, though he know not else. So the object of our beat, that the beatific action of our intellect is God himself. So from the sole fact that we know God, from the sole fact that we contemplate God, and insofar as we contemplate God, so also are we called blessed. But as regards the act of knowing, beatitude is a created thing in the be beatified creatures, but in God, even in this way, it is an uncreated thing. So our object of our beatitude is the uncreated and divine essence, but our act is an inchoate act of our intellect. Okay, so now four. This is article four is where it just, it, article four is more, probably my favorite article in the Summa. I just, I just love it. Like when, whenever, whenever my soul just um, is feeling down, reading Prima Par's question 26, article four just raises your soul to the contemplation of the divine beatitude. And it's just, it's heartwarming, really. I, I just can't express how much I love this question in the Summa. <sighs> Sorry, I just hyped you guys up and then I'm taking a long time to start. But Ivan has a question real quick. Well, I think a comment. He just takes and moderates the position of Avore upon Lumen Intellect intellectus intellectus agens impossibilis there's not ideas of modern psychology in thomas yeah um i can't really comment on this too much because i mean i'm for the second time i'm reading through uh the latter half of prima pars on the constitution of man and um and yeah i have i have heard that Okay, I'll zoom it in real quick, just because I love this so much. You guys need this zoomed, maximally zoomed. So, oh wait, that's article three. Article four, whether all other beatitude is included in the beatitude of God. 
On the contrary, beatitude is a certain perfection, but the divine perfection embraces all other perfection, as it was shown above. Therefore, the divine beatitude embraces all other beatitudes. So I answer that whatever is desirable in whatsoever beatitude, whether true or false, pre-exists wholly and in a more eminent degree in the divine beatitude. So think about those things wherein um, you are called blessed or wherein there's beatitude or wherein men seek beatitude in a false way. Men falsely seek beatitude and power. Well, God has omnipotence. Men seek beatitude in pleasure. Well, the fullness of pleasures is found in God. Men seek beatitude in riches, but God has the cattle on a thousand hill. It's men, men seek beatitude in many different ways, false and true. And I think this is just a supreme apologetic move right here. If we were able to uh, leverage this to the modern age, wherein beatitude and happiness is what is sought by all, because all of it pre-exists eminently. And any of these created perfections that are found in even those false things men seek beatitude in are found in its absolute super abundant perfection in God. As to contemplative happiness, God possesses a continual and most certain contemplation of himself and of all things else as, okay, so, sorry, as to contemplative happiness, God possesses a continual and most certain contemplation of himself and of all things else. So if you seek your good in contemplation, God has that self-contemplation wherein there's the fullness of beatitude in that we know God in a certain limited perfect, limited uh, way due to our limitations of our nature, but he knows himself eminently. And as to that which is active, he governs, he has the governance of the whole universe. So if you seek good in active works of charity and love, God in, in, in his governance of the universe, it brings out the supreme good out of, the f out of the wholeness of his providence of creation. As to earthly happiness, which consists in delight, riches, power, dignity, and fame, according to Boethius, he possesses joy or delight in himself and all else for his delight. So if you seek your good and delight, he possesses joy in himself most abundantly, and he delights in himself and in all things. If you seek your good in power, in power, he has omnipotence. And instead of riches, he has that complete self-sufficiency. So if you seek your good in temporal possessions in order to hold up your bodily frame, God possesses that self-sufficiency where he needs no other for his existence which is promised by riches. So riches promise us self-sufficiency, but God has that omnimodal and ontological self-sufficiency that none, nothing on earth can give to us. In place of power, he has omnipotence. For dignities, the government of all things. So you seek your good in fame and dignity and honors. Well, God has the government of all things, and he is the creator and bestower of all true honors. And in place of fame, he possesses the admiration of all creatures. So do you, do you desire to be adored and honored by others? Well, God has the admiration of all of creation.
The Father has the admiration of the Son and Spirit, and the Son of the Father and Spirit, and the Spirit of the Father and of the Son. Okay. Love it. Absolutely love that favorite article ever. Okay. Anything in the chat? Yeah, Byzantine Scotus, we need to discuss this. Okay, that's all I have for you guys. I just love that. Question the Summa so much, and I wanted to go over it with you guys. Let me know what you think about it. Um, make sure you join the Discord if you're not joined already. I'll put it in the chat right now, real quick. Okay, it's in the chat. And then if you want to... Con help me continue doing uh, stuff like this uh, and help me do even more projects in the future, then uh, please go to patreon.com slash militant and help me out. Um, share this video with um, everybody, you know, ever, everybody needs to know about the beatitude of God. I think that's a very, this is the ink is still wet on this, on this question. Um, you know, in these articles, because of how pertinent they are to um, modern mindsets about beatitude, about happiness, and about desire. So, um, yeah, share it with your friends because that helps me be able to reach more people. Um, I'm not the only one that can uh, market myself. Uh, you guys helping in that is uh, is really important. And I appreciate all of one, every single one of you. So Papa Guru asked, real quick, I'll answer this. Thoughts on the Shroud of Turin. Think it's real. Um, I don't know. I watched a documentary on it and it seemed real. So I don't have any like very harsh thoughts either way. I'm not too solid either way on it. Okay. Love all you guys. And you all have a wonderful evening. Lord.